Judges 2, verse 10. And all that generation was gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation who knew not the Lord, nor the works he had done for Israel. That is so scary. That grips me. And we're going to dive into the message uh, about that focused on this, uh, how we cannot make sure that we do not lose the next generation. Let's dive in. Hey, Summerbrook Church. Excited to be with you with our Takeaway Podcast. Uh, I'm Pastor Joey Rumble with Tanner Treffin, who brought the message to this past week. The 5 by 5 plan to impact the next generation. Judges 2, verse 10. Uh, give me some thoughts before we, we kind of dive into your message. Yeah, I mean, that, that verse that we shared at the beginning just grips me. Uh, it's crazy uh, that the people of Joshua's generation, when they died, man, the next generation just went crazy and didn't serve, serve, serve the Lord. And so we, we're not passing on the faith well. Uh, as we looked at in the message to to our generation. So we want to change. We want to do something different and be effective on helping our kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, anyone in the next generation know the Lord. Yeah, so a reminder of the statistics. You used a little a laser pointer to uh, remind us of that powerful statistic about how we're losing the next generation and how it's decreasing. Yeah, the, the one that, um, well, the, the decreasing shows that from f- the silent generation, five generations ago, it was 49% were Protestant Christian down to Gen Z. Current young people generations, 20% uh, is now a Protestant Christian. And then the, the nun category or the atheist agnostic category is just increasing triple fold. Uh, so we're decreasing in the wrong areas and increasing in the wrong areas. I thought I would get confused myself. Yeah, and the good news is God God's word teaches us how to not lose the next generation so let's let's look at that uh you shared how belief impacts action and then when you have these beliefs i've heard it said what you believe you do everything else is just talk and so making sure that we have those fundamental core beliefs of that god is your personal king that there needs to be a kingdom priority that your belief in jesus is the most important decision in everybody's life a consistent tremble before his decree that you, at King's time, you intentionally invest your time in your kids and night leadership, men take the lead. So those are the five beliefs. Any thoughts on that or anything you wanted to share a little bit more yeah, on that? Um, the, the one statistic was about how we're not losing our kids when they go off to college, but we're losing them in our own households, uh, right? In their teenage years under our noses. And, and that just grabs my heart so much so that there's something going wrong in our in our own family dynamic um and and those beliefs kind of help it be an authentic relationship with jesus that you're uh, wholeheartedly seeking god uh and and modeling it well uh for your kids um and you want to do everything you can to pass it on one story i wanted to share that i didn't have time for in the message was a story from uh francis chan's book you and me forever he said uh this this couple brad and beth raised four children in the jungles of papua new guinea these kids witnessed the hardships their parents endured. Whatever it was, threats of violence, natives holding spears to their faces, severe sicknesses, once Brad was airlifted out in a coma, or just the day-to-day demands of ministry among the unreached people, they saw it all. Brad tells me that one of the blessings of his life was sitting his kids down when they turned 18 and being able to tell them, you saw that there was nothing mom and dad are not willing to sacrifice to the gospel, not even our lives. Now go and do the same. 
how many of us are willing in such a way, are living in such a way that we can say the same to our children? And I, I don't think God's calling all of us to the jungles of Papua New Guinea, um, but he is calling us to go and make disciples and be sold out for him um, wherever he's calling us to do that. And are we living in such a way that we could tell our kids, like, hey, you saw how authentically we chase after Jesus, and now as you're moving out or whatever, just go and copy the same way we lived. Like, that is such a high calling uh, for, for all of us to be able to look to the next generation and say, hey, imitate me as I'm into imitating Christ, as, as Paul talked about. And um, the one on the night leadership with Men Take the Lead, uh, just with the, the single moms and those where maybe there's not a real a strong male presence uh, for, the, for the next generation in your household, whatever. I think of Deborah in, in Judges chapter 4 that uh, she grows up as a woman, a strong woman, and led the people of Israel uh, in, into battle. And so I think just be uh, do what you can. God knows your situation, and as you devote uh, what you have, your best to the Lord, I think he'll bless that. And, and, and another thing that is, is find other godly men in the church and uh, have them, you know, especially disciple your kids and important them as well and just not doing it by yourself yeah i think the key there is availing yourself to the kids ministry the youth ministry as, as well as realize those scriptures of god as a father to the fatherless and you know i, I grew up in a single mom household so uh, I, i'm convinced that there's so many ways you can impact your kids uh, it, as a single parent as well in a powerful way um, so, but in sharing that, that we need to live it out. So our beliefs, and so the five by five plan, we shared the five beliefs, but then the five actions, uh, you pray, they pray thoughts there, you Bible, they Bible on those two, any, yeah, I, I just think these are supposed to be just super like, okay, I understand it's important. Like, what are I, am I supposed to do? And these are just five, like almost like checklist items. Like, am I doing this? Am I living this out and modeling it, this for the next generation? And then am I helping they do it, them do it? And we see in Acts chapter two, verse 42, that this is what the early church devoted themselves to the, the teaching of the word, the Bible, uh, prayer together and fellowship. And so we need to all do that, that um, we read through the entire Bible. You know it, you commit yourself to reading the Bible daily and then helping your kids do it on the resources uh, that, that we shared the QR code, there was a 365-day Bible plan. And so I'll just do that. It takes about 20 minutes a day. You know, read the Bible every day and, and get through it in a year and then continue to do that throughout your life and help the next generation do that. And make sure your kids see you pray and they pray. You teach them to pray. Yeah. You Bible, they Bible, teach them to read the Bible. You church, they church. Yeah, Thoughts there? I think the whole thing is we kind of think we can do it ourselves, and that's a lie from the enemy. It's a lot better and a lot more effective when we work together as a church uh, to reach the next generation. And so bringing your family to know other Christian families. And, and one big thing that I really get, get to touch on much is friends are a huge influence on the, on the on our students' lives and things like that. And when you, uh, as a church, start having other friendships in the church, your your kids' friends aren't just some random kid at public school anymore, but they, they can be other Christian families in the church. And so as you uh, do small groups together and become friends with different families in the church it helps the, the kids have relationships and friends with other christian families in the church and i think just this huge effect there and, and i think the more we help our kids and our, our teenagers serving in the body of christ using their gifts as we do as well we we're, we're serving and then teaching our young people to serve as well you church they church is huge. Yeah, that they're part of the church now. That's not like, hey, once you get older and have your own family, like that's when you're part of the church. But like the church needs you now. They need your gifts now. They need what you have to mm -hmm. offer right now. Amen. Uh, by the way, a quick little shout out before we go to the next one. 
uh, Steve Padaris's mom was here Sunday during the second service. Uh, Jewel, we had her stand up, 90 years old. Her birthday was Sunday, and she's been watching online uh, our services. Where she lives in Florida, and so it was just neat to honor her, and uh, that that was really cool. That was awesome, and, and I just thank you all you guys for watching online, and we'd love for you to join us in service just like Jewel did. Uh, it was great having her here. Sure. Amen. Uh, so the fourth one, you apologetics, they apologetics. Yeah, these last two would. Um, and you purity, they purity. You apologetics and you purity, and they do the same. I feel like I, a lot of the times missing. Like, hopefully, if you're a committed Christian, you you're, you take seriously Bible, prayer, and, and fellowship. But a lot of times, I feel like we miss these gaps, and these are just so big um, because of our culture, of the culture we live in, where it's it's really uh, intellectually hard to defend your faith. That there's so many. Uh, arguments against the Christian faith uh, from the internet and things like that constantly uh, in young people's faces and, and what the public school is pushing and, and all different types of things. And so everyone, but I think especially young people, need to have solid arguments and defenses of the faith. And, and even if you don't know any apologetics, any defenses, you have encountered God himself and you have the witness of the Holy Spirit. And so that itself is a defense, your own personal testimony. But besides that, it's great to have these other arguments, like a case for the authenticity of, of Scripture and, and the authority of the Bible, um, the case for the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a case for God even existing um, in, in the first place, and, and why do we even believe in God? And like having these arguments to defend yourself helps you have a confidence in witnessing and talking about Jesus with others. So I think it's a big one. That's powerful. And you had mentioned you apologetics, they apologetics. So you have a couple of students in your youth ministry where you see their parents uh, teaching them apologetics. Yeah, the, the Weirsing family um, uh, with, with, their, with their daughters, uh, two daughters right now in the youth ministry, Mary and Lucy. It's just when I ask questions in the youth group about apologetics, they're clear that they have answers, they have defenses, and, and they're not just like, I have no idea what to say, so I think that's really cool. And then I know the the Rose, um, Rojas family, um, Jaden and Kaylin were working on apologetics, and I know their, their mom, Stephanie, was working along apologetics with them and asking about it with them in the car. And I just think those are so encouraging stories, and I think uh, good good things for all of us to do as families. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, shout out there. You, purity, they, purity. This is powerful that... Josh McDowell, which that's how I cut my teeth on apologetics. Evidence demands a verdict. It's like a big, thick book. And then Evidence Demands a Verdict Part 2 by Josh McDowell. And, and one of the resources on the resources page was his uh, one book that I recommended. Josh McDowell and his son have helped now too. Sean is more than a carpenter. This is a small version of the, the big, scary evidence books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a very good one. Uh, but the other ones were On Guard with William Lane Craig, uh, who shared, and then uh, Greg Kokel on tactics, uh, C.S. Lewis on mere Christianity, and Lee Strobel on, on Case for Christ. So great it's, starter ones. Yeah, those are great starter ones. And that how Josh has committed his life to, he notices he would be speaking to the youth that there was this barrier, and, and as he studied more, he realized it was the pornography. So he's dedicated the rest of his ministry years to fighting the battle against pornography who is josh is one of the premier apologists when i was a youth pastor or when i had gotten saved and also uh really powerful on the you purity they purity thoughts there yeah this one it's not fun to talk about honestly uh, and and the hard part is a lot of times parents have 
uh, either they struggle with pornography themselves, or they have in the past, or they or have bad experiences uh, sexually in the past that they don't really want to share any of that stuff with their kids, and so they just don't want to open up the sexual conversations with the kids because they're dealing with their all their own issues personally. And so it's you apologize. They I mean you purity, they purity. Because first you got to be able to get comfortable with God, talking to God about it, and other Christians about what what your past is, and and have freedom and breakthrough there. Um, to kind of give you that confidence of of helping your teenager or your young child and. And what Josh shared is it's it's not like once they're 13 you start talking about this stuff. He's talking about kids get first exposed five, six years old, and so you got to prepare our babies, you know, for like uh, like even our son Peter. He's three years old right now, and we teach him about his body parts. And and soon here they take our phones and grab them. Soon here we're gonna have to uh, probably next year or so we're gonna say, hey, if like anything ever pops up on the phone and you see someone naked, like come tell mommy and daddy. It's really good to talk to us about that um, because just accidental exposures can happen so easily. Yeah, that's so powerful. And the you actually are doing a Zoom purity group for men of any age. Uh, I'm assuming the 18 and older uh, men because the, the students are in school. But uh, So uh, adult men, and it's a purity group. What time and what day? Uh, Tuesdays at 12, 12 to 1 on okay. Zoom. And uh, you can email me at tanner at sunbrookchurch.com if you want to join. And it would be great to jump into that as men during your lunch break at work or if you work shift work or, or that thing. I, I, any final thoughts? Any? Um, just if you hit all five of those and regularly review those, and, and make those a priority in your relationship with God. And, and even if you're not a family man, even if you don't have kids or grandkids or anything like that, there's young people in our church who need you to reach out to them. There's nephews, nieces, there's, there's people that, that you know that you can impact and pray for and reach out to. Um, and we're all part of helping the next generation uh, know Jesus. And so just, just kind of pray about that and see who's God put in your heart mm -hmm. to reach out to and love on. What's your biggest takeaway? Mine is actually, uh, as the youth pastor, is... Um, I got to continue to resource and help parents to disciple their kids because that would make the ministry so much more effective. So that's, that's mine. For me, it was really simple. The reminder, the example is what's most important. That Obviously, pass that down and vocalize that. But let's make sure that we as a church and individually, as a takeaway as a pastor, make sure that I live the example and I help our church live the example because that's what's going to make sure the next generation knows the Lord and what he's done for Israel. Also, remember to tell stories about what God has done. Uh, whatever, However God's changed your life, make sure you share those stories about what God has done in your life because that's what happened in Israel. They got caught up in sin and they quit sharing the, quit serving the Lord wholeheartedly. Thus, they weren't any, uh, no more sharing of the stories. Yeah, well, two final thoughts. One is what you just said. Joshua and his generation did love God and know God and, and feared him, but they didn't totally drive out the enemies. There was an, a lack of obedience there, and that affected, I think, the next generation. I didn't get the hit on that. And so part of all this is just obeying God and saying, yes, God, like, and, and just following right away, obeying what God says. That will help the generation of that, of that example. And then the other thing is I wanted to share this verse. Um, third John, his third letter, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Guys, if we get this right, there's no greater joy than seeing the next generation, your kids, your grandkids, loving and serving God and walking in the truth. And so it's something to really devote ourselves to and have the joy of seeing done well. Absolutely, because we're not going to be perfect. 
That's what's amazing that God gives you the strength in the midst of us being flawed humans uh, that we're going to strive with the Lord because the Lord loves the next generation more than we do. So he's going to guide us and direct us of how to be obedient to him. So thanks so much for sharing, Tanner. And uh, thanks, Summer Brook, and everyone listen to the Takeaway Podcast. It's so great to have you. Did you want to share about next week, next sermon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> next week, Gideon, where God speaks to him. The angel comes and says, uh, Gideon, mighty man of valor. And his response is such a reflection of humanity and how we can uh, really grasp and be obedient to the Lord. I believe it's going to be a breakthrough message that helped Gideon break through. And I believe it's going to happen for all of us as well. You don't want to miss it.